Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Does this mean that God is some big scary monster in the sky that we as Christians should be afraid of? Welcome to a new season of Consider It, where we consider questions regarding life, theology, and the church. Consider It is a ministry of Redemption Bible Church in New Braunfels, Texas. Do you have questions regarding life, theology, and the church? If so, text the word redemption and your question to 830-299-7505, and we will consider your question. To learn more about redemption, you can visit redemption.bible. I'm Michael Hawkins. And I'm Blair Cushman. Let's consider it. Welcome back to Consider It, where we have another question. Let's take it. What does it mean to fear God, and will we fear God in heaven? It's a Mm. twofer. That's right. We keep getting all these (laughs) two, four questions. You know, sometimes they're bigger, but that's all right, because they are related. That's right. And and I think this is a good question for us to consider as Christians, because we see this in the the Bible. These commands to fear God uh, in the Psalms. You know, it talks about fearing and uh, trembling before the Lord, and yeah. um, and in the Proverbs, it's you know it's it's commanded as the beginning of wisdom. And you're like, well, I want to be wise, right? Like, who who doesn't want to be wise? And so, if this is the starting place to being a wise person, then we should probably have a good understanding of what the fear of the Lord is, a biblical understanding right. uh, of what uh, the fear of the Lord is and what this looks like, and. Then I kind of like the twist it takes in the second question. You know, it's like we know here on earth, but is this something that we'll do forever That's in right. heaven? So, yep. And so I think it's an, also an important question to um, tackle because even just as I'm meeting with people, yeah. um, like so much of what we do and and how we live is based on on this. What do we believe? About God. About God, right. Yeah, that's what A.W. Tozer said, something like that. The most, What comes to mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. Dang, you know? somebody and, said that before me. I guess it. somebody far more wise out there. Yeah, that's his book, The Knowledge of the Holy, yeah. on the attributes of God. Yeah. And that it, it's, it's a right perspective in that, especially as Christians. You know, we are led by our thoughts mm-hmm. well everybody is you know yeah. it's in our mind you know that then is coming out of the affections of our heart leads to then how we act and you know what we believe about god if we believe he's just like some nice grandpa that's going to affirm us in everything that we do and think and feel uh, then that just leads to this kind of like loose goose like well, i guess i can just live however i want kind of that's lifestyle right. Um, and if we think that God is just some like monster in the sky looking to strike us down with lightning or, you know, out to get us all the time, then we're going to walk around cowering and insecure and, uh, craving in our fear, leading to this like panic and, uh, of like, am I doing this right? Am I, like just a paranoia that something bad is going to happen, that God is just waiting to catch me in my sin and, you know, smote me. Uh, that's right uh, yeah. and 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 the bible doesn't depict god in either of those that's right. uh, uh at least in totality like uh, we have a uh, a bigger and better picture of who 
the God of the universe really is. Yeah. Yeah. Because in one sense, uh, like we, God is not one to trifle with, right? Because God is a holy God. He is a just God. Mm. Uh, he will act in wrath towards sin, you know, and pour out his judgment. Um, like there is a, a, a fear. So when we're talking about, well, what does it mean to fear God? Like pretty simply be afraid of God. Like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, he's not one to just trifle with. He is uh, not like us. He is unique and set apart, and and to be overly familiar with him and casual uh, towards the Lord is the wrong heart posture towards him. Right. You know, even you know here at Redemption, we've been preaching through the book of Leviticus and studying that, and there's a pretty uh, uh, you know stark illustration. Uh, of a reason to be afraid of God in in two ways. you know. It, and what I'm referring to is that in Leviticus 9 and, and 10, when uh, first uh, Aaron and Moses get to come into the presence of God. That's right, yeah. You know, they, that this, is, this is pretty awesome. They do all the things that God had commanded them to do, and they get to come into his presence, into the Holy of Holies, and it's... It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's this like moment of amazement and elation from from God's people because like, all right, it worked. it worked. God accepted all the offerings. They get to come in, and uh, as they c- come, the uh, the uh, the glory of God comes uh, upon them. Fire from heaven comes down and consumes the offering there. And it says that the people they see it, they shout and fall on their faces. Mm. Like that, that there's a just a very vivid example. They they are fearing God. Like, oh wow, yeah. this is awesome. Imagine <laughs> what, ah! what just happened. Boom, yeah. and they hit the deck. Like we would do that if fire fell from heaven. <laughs> yeah. Like this is like wow, God can do this. And 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 it's an act of worship. They are obeying God, and mm-hmm. they are now you know fearing and trembling before the Lord, falling on their faces. In the same way, in the you know just a few verses later in Leviticus 10, then Nadab and Abihu, Aaron's sons, offer this unauthorized fire before the Lord in their you know their incense uh, bowls. They take fire to burn this, not from the fire of the Lord, their own unauthorized fire, and try to come into God's presence. And the fire from heaven comes and consumes them. And now everybody's just shocked for a different reason. Yes. <laughs> you know, they are fearing God and trembling before the Lord because He is holy. He is not one to be trifled with. Walk in faithful obedience. Come near Him. Walk in uh, in disobedience, in uh, carelessness, mm-hmm. and watch out. You know, and so I, I like that because it kind of juxtaposes both of these, uh, uh, both aspects, if you will, mm. of fearing God. Um, because, you know, just to kind of cut to the chase, as we look, look through the, the verses, we see these things, there is that element, you know, we can kind of take these in, it, it, you know, separately as we talk about it, but there is a, um, a, uh, a sense where we should be afraid of God in that, in our sin, like, God is not one to just be trifled with. And, this, and, yeah. and sometimes people dismiss like, oh, well, that's just the God of the Old Testament. He was a God of wrath then. Now he's a God of love and grace. And that's just uh, uh, not simply the case. He is a, uh, he's, he, you know, you, you go to the New Testament and you think of like the passage in Ananias and Sapphira. 
you know, this is on the other side of Christ. The Holy mm-hmm. Spirit's there in uh, Acts chapter five, and uh, uh, they lie to the Holy Spirit about their offering before mm-hmm. the Lord. They're giving, and uh, God takes them out. Um, you think of the warnings in First Corinthians eleven, and it. Uh, um, it it, it, it it there's that warning about coming to the uh, the Lord's table in an unworthy manner, and they uh, and, and and Paul says, and because of this, some of you have gotten sick, and some of you have even died. Uh, mm. Oh, yeah. Now we have to be careful to just like when bad things happen to us, it's not just God's you know trying to take us out, right? But in the same sense, it could be God's discipline uh, on people that should cause us to fear the Lord. And that's where this aspect really of self-restraint comes in, you know, of, of God's kindness and uh, wisdom, knowing how, our, uh, how sinful we are and our temptations the, to give in to sin, that it is like this, like uh, a yellow light for us, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that's when it, when even like when you think of, of uh, Proverbs nine ten, you know, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Okay, well, what's wisdom? You know, and God tells us in James 1, uh, you know, do any of you lack wisdom, ask God and he will give it to you. That's like right. he is generous. He will pour it out upon us. And yet at the, uh, um, uh, uh, at the same time, then when we think, okay, well, what is wisdom? It's, it is that, it's that self-restraint. Mm-hmm. It, it's that self-control, to use the, you know, the biblical word for it, uh, yeah. f- uh, the fruit of the Spirit that that keeps us in check when we think ooh that would be kind of fun ooh maybe i should look at that ooh maybe i should go do that ooh maybe i'll indulge that thought for a little bit in the fear of the lord says no i should not do that that's right that does not honor the lord i need to stop that yeah it makes me think of philippians 2 um you know 12 and, and 13 therefore my beloved as you have always obeyed so now not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear, fear and, and trembling. trembling. Yeah. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Yeah. 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 That's a great, uh, another great reminder of the, of, of our sanctification, right? In the sense that Paul's using salvation there is our growth and holiness, yeah. our growth and living and becoming who we are in Christ. And, and so we are to like, he's not saying, you know, work your salvation and then, you know, and then like do all these things, work it out and then you'll be saved. It's the sense like, no, you are saved now continue to grow in it with this fear and trembling saying no to sin because we understand the holiness Mm -hmm. of God. Yeah. And, and our sin, our uncleanness, you know, to use a, a Levitical language, you know, in the gospel language, uh, our uncleanness, our unholiness separates us from God. Yeah. And so fear should keep us from just traipsing into his presence or uh, cheapening his grace of just kind of saying, well, I'll do it. He'll forgive me anyways. You know, I can just give in. I've got my already got Christ already died for that. So might as well, you know, live my life and do what I want to do. And, uh, you know, and the fear of the Lord that leads to wisdom says, no, that's wrong. That's not, that's not, uh, that, that is not an attitude that uh, understands the holiness uh, and goodness of God. And so, 
the fear of the Lord really is that, like, be afraid, that self-control, that self-restraint, knowing that God is holy and he has the ability and in his justice could indeed take us out. Yeah, for sure. And another verse that comes to mind is, you know, First Peter 3, 7. Yeah. And, you know, obviously it's talking to husbands. Yeah. Um, but as he's saying, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, you know, treating her as the weaker vessel, mm-hmm. um, but so that your prayers will not be hindered, just recognizing, like, I, I think like, my prayers being hindered, like the Lord not hearing my prayers, I mean, that's it's yeah. terrifying. And so I think that's just another aspect of this, the consequences that right. that come when we're not living in the ways that we've been called to do. That's right. You know, and, and, and we have to kind of, be precise in these things because as saved people it's not that we are separated you know that we've lost our salvation that's right but in the same way like isaiah 59 god is like i don't hear your prayers because i have this thing against you it's your sin your Mm -hmm. rebellion against me and they're like i'm not going to listen to you because you are continuing in this sin and what a like what a tragic spot to be in as those who by grace stand now uh, holy before the Lord, declared righteous in the courtroom of God with full and free access to the throne room. The veil doesn't separate us. Nothing is there. We have this. And prayer is that, that like, you know, supreme privilege that we have. We can talk to the Lord anytime, any place, anywhere, like unhindered, Mm except when we're in this willful sin, you know? And especially in marriage, like, that's where it comes true. It's like, if I'm treating my wife like garbage, you know, and I'm not loving her and trying to understand her and all that, like, the Lord's like, you need to get that relationship right, and then then we'll talk. Like, love your wife, and, and but you need you need to get that in, yeah. in order. Um, you need to humble yourself, treat her right, and, that, and you know, and so many other uh, scenarios, but that should be fearful. That's, that's like a terrifying spot to, to be in, like yeah. you're saying. And, uh, and, and it just starts there and walking faithfully according to the wisdom of the Lord and to what he has said, like that's, that's a wisdom verse. Yeah. Fear God and obey it. And, uh, you know, and, and then he'll hear your prayers. Yeah. And, uh, that's, that's good stuff. You know? I think of James four as well, when he's talking about you know, the reason we quarrel and, and fight and that we, we ask and we don't receive because we ask with wrong motives. And so just as I'm thinking about wisdom, that's aligning our hearts and our desires with the Lord's. Right. And so when we don't, when we don't ask with, with pure motives, when we're selfish in the things that we're pursuing, we're walking away from wisdom. And again, that's a fearful thing to think that we're pursuing things outside of, yeah. of his will, you yeah. know? And so our desire is to walk <clears throat> in light of that and to, you know, to make our requests align with, with right. who he is. Right. And that's the, you know, to kind of sum this up here at the, what is it at the end of Hebrews 13, it's a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of God. No, that's the end of Hebrews 10, just come to uh, mind 10. Yeah. Hebrews 10 31. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Like, mm. yep. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know? Um, and you know, and we have these examples as we've talked about along along the way here. And so uh, so that's like one aspect of fearing God, right? The yeah. self-control, the self-restraint to our sin that holds us back from him. But there's another aspect to it that draws us in. 
uh, when we talk about fearing God, there is this reverential awe of God as well that I think is captured in the biblical concept of fearing God. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's where fire is such a great example of, uh, of who the Lord is and how we approach it. And that's, you see that used throughout the, uh, throughout the, the scriptures, even there, you know, our God is a consuming fire, uh, in that's, that's, uh, what Hebrews, uh, uh, 12, yeah. Uh, that's actually what I was thinking about earlier, but uh, Hebrews 12, beginning verse 28, let us then be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Hmm. And there in this fearing God, there is something that that should draw us in and warm us, uh, but with respect, with reverence, with this awe of its power and what it can do, right? And the Lord is that same way as you think of like a, you know, a bonfire in your backyard. There's just something that inherently draws us in like, this is amazing, you know, and we want to get close to it. We want to see, you know, how the orange blazes are are consuming the wood or whatever, you know, materials in there. And and we want to feel its warmth, especially on a cold night. We want to experience the light that it emanates uh, in the darkness of night. Mm. We it draws us in. But there is a restraint. There is a self-control that keeps us from just jumping right into it. Yeah, I mean that that, that would be ludicrous even to say that. It's like, well, yeah, duh. Duh. <laughs> you would be consumed. Yeah. In the same way, like we need to view the Lord in the same way with a much like, yeah, like it should draw us in. His light illuminates uh, the way. His uh, presence warms us, mm. uh, our affections. It it is incredible to to be near. Uh, a, a large fire on a dark night, yeah. and yet fear keeps us restrained. Yeah. It keeps us back. Just and, going back to Leviticus in that sense, and just mm-hmm. all the things they did right. um, leading up to that moment where they they entered the presence of the Lord. The, right. the reverence of I can just imagine, you know, Aaron and Moses like checking in, like, "Are you sure you did this? And like, right. did you put this on just right?" And you know, just all the questions, just the that anticipation, but the, the fear and the reverence in that, making sure that they did everything right to enter into his presence. For sure, yeah. for sure. You see both aspects here in those uh, chapters, Yeah. right? The awe and reverence from chapter 9 from Moses and Aaron and the people as they shout and fall on their faces. Like, yeah. th- th- it's just like nobody who can, who can do stuff like this, you know? O- only the Lord can. And the same fearful restraint of chapter 10 uh, from the, you know, the, the incineration of Nadab and Abihu. And so you have all of that through the scripture. And I think that's what, you know, brings us in. And, uh, um, and you know, it's a helpful way for us as Christians even today to think about the Lord, right? Mm. As we approach sin, it should restrain us. It should, you know, like temptation, say, no, like, this dishonors the Lord. No, this will hinder my prayers. This will create a separation between, you know, me and the Lord and the relationship that we have, the intimacy that we have. And uh, and at the same time, like, it, like, the Lord draws us in. That's why we come to worship. We desire to be in His presence because we want to know Him more. And we are uh, amazed at the grace that he would invite us in yeah. knowing our own sinfulness. And this is why we shouldn't be 
you know, we shouldn't be ashamed of just admitting, you know, the sinfulness that exists within us. Like, we don't have to be, you know, like hide it or ignore it or yeah. try to sweep it under the rug. It's like, yeah, I, I am a sinner and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm more sinful than I even realize. Yeah. And yet God still invites me in anyways. That's right. Yeah, he and already knows. He <laughs> already knows. We can't hide it from him. And the fact that he doesn't just Nadab and Abihu us like <laughs> a, in, in on the spot on the daily yeah. like, is is pure grace. Yeah. Pure unmerited love of God poured out upon us because of what Christ did, and that should just humble us to no end. It should cause us to fear God. It should draw us into Him even more. Like you know all of this about us, and yet you still love me. You still draw me in. That, and that that should just yeah. lead to greater praise. Yeah, while we were yet enemies, Christ died, died for us. us. Yeah. Yeah, we just we keep referring to all over the place of yeah. Romans 5 there. <laughs> and that's just incredible. And so that's what draws us in. That's the that yeah. second aspect of reverence and awe. The more we understand the wickedness of our own depravity and the holiness of God doesn't actually make us, you know, hightail it and run it actually draws us in nearer and nearer to the Lord to love him more, to praise him more, and give him the glory that is due his name. Yeah. And so that, that's, the, that's the life. That's how we live here. Um, and so I guess then the, kind of the, the second half of that question then is, well, are we going to be doing this forever? <laughs> right? Uh, will we in heaven, uh, is that how it was says, uh, will we fear God in heaven well, I think we can make the case. Well, absolutely, you know, in the second aspect, right. reverence and awe. I, you, you know, I, the only real glimpse, I guess, unless you're going to read some of those uh, those uh, heaven tourism books. Um, but the glimpse, the the greatest glimpse that we get into heaven is in the book of Revelation. Yeah. You know, and particularly in chapters four and five, there around the throne, he's looking. But uh, said Paul, uh, John. <laughs> is uh there and uh um and he's seeing all these things that are just so hard to explain he's trying to put these heavenly realities and images into word form and yet what they are just saying on repeat note this like on repeat uh and you get the sense like the worship there it's loud it's lively and uh, and it's repetitious but they're just saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Worthy are you, O our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. And this stuff is just happening over and over. That's uh, Revelation 4. There's more in Revelation 5. They're singing a new song. Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. This is singing to Christ. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people from God, from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. In verse 12 of Revelation 5, they're saying with a loud voice, worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And then I hear every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and see everything that's created saying this to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessings and honor, glory and might forever and ever. Four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. Hmm. Now it's that same kind of aspect. They, they fall down and they worship. Yeah. It's like Leviticus 9, right? 
presence of the Lord. He's there. What are people doing in awe and reverence, falling on their faces? What else can you do? And it seems like that is just on repeat in heaven. So there, uh, the fear of the Lord, absolutely. Um, The second aspect, um, you know, as we just kind of think about this, as we consider it, um, well, what is the second side of that fearing the Lord? It's a self-restraint for sin. And so we have this, uh, also in Revelation, this concept, there's no crying, there's no weeping, there's no sin in heaven. And so is there a, uh, is there a self-restraint for sin? No. You know, that would keep us like in that fear, like, okay, well, there's no self-control sin because now we're in our glorified bodies. We've been perfected, you know, without, we're glorified without being deified. We don't become gods. Uh, but we become the perfected form, you know, the kind of the pre-sin version uh, yeah. with perfected bodies and uh, all that. And so there is no sin in heaven. So there is no need for like this self-restraint, this fear of the Lord that God's going to take us out or boot us out of heaven yeah. that uh, that would exist there. And yet I still think there's probably a self-restraint. You know, this is just considering and conjecture there um, that keeps us from climbing on the throne. Yeah that there is still a gap. And that's the the gap, the difference between what I just said there of being glorified and deified, that there is still a uniqueness, a difference, a set-apartness between us and the Lord. Yeah. He is the creator. We are the created. It will always be that way. Right. We are the ones giving him praise. That's right. And so there is a self-restraint where we don't just go and climb up on the throne. And, you know, it's more than likely, it seems like here, there's not even a desire to do that. Because only sin would corrupt us enough to think like, oh, well, we deserve to be up there. Yeah. yeah. How oh, we can do this. Right. There? Right. And that's, right. That's, that's, <laughs> that's our, that's our sin corrupted thinking yeah. now here on earth. That's, yeah. that's like straight out of the garden of Eden, you yeah. know, that you will be like God, you know, and that's where, you know, <laughs> Uh, the angel, you know, Satan got booted out of heaven because he, you know, wanted to be. But uh, but I don't think that exists yeah. necessarily there on this side. Like the picture that we get is is just pure adoration of King Jesus, the Lamb who was slain, the creator of heaven and earth, all just worshiping him around the throne. Yeah, I think of uh, Psalm 19, yeah. 9. It says... The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. Mm. Yeah, that's so good. And there's that. That's actually a profound verse when you think through the totality of Scripture, right? The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. That's Levitical language, right? Mm. Like the whole point in Leviticus is that we as humans are unclean, God is clean. We can't bring our uncleanness into the presence of clean God. Those being like synonymous with holy and unholy, right? Yeah. And so the fear of the Lord, what we're talking about here is clean, like fearing God in both aspects, restraining from sin and revering him in his holiness is clean holy, pure, 
and it endures forever. Like that's really cool, yeah. right? It carries us through this life and will uh, also make us clean or pure or holy in heaven, in his presence, able to be there around the throne in that revelation uh, scene at the throne room of heaven, giving Christ the glory due his name. That's a good one. Yeah. Just making that connection back to the Philippians 2 passage mm-hmm. that we, we talked about. and Just recognizing, for it is God who works in you yeah both to will and to work for his good pleasure and just the recognition of it's god's cleanness you know that as we're working out our our salvation with fear and trembling the confidence comes in knowing that it is god at work in us that christ is that perfect atonement as you're you know pointing out in mm-hmm. that levitical language and just coming back to like the hope that we have in, in the fact that it is God that's doing the work right. in us. And so, right. That is, that's pretty profound that we're not left alone in all this. It's like, well, here's the problem. You're unclean. You're unholy. Figure it out yeah. and work it out. But the also opposite is not true. We're not just passive recipients of it. You yeah. know, it's not just, hey, God's doing the work and <laughs> he's going to build a house and I just get to live in it and it's going to be great and I can do whatever I want. Yeah. No, like, God is doing the work. He's the initiator, right? Um, he's the one who is is at work, who has enabled us to do this and is sustaining us through it and will persevere us to the end in it. And he's going to do it through the means of our faithful obedience in living according to his ways. And uh, that's that's just a pretty amazing reality when we start to chew on that and consider it even more in this whole equation that God is the initiator, he's the finisher, and he's the one at work through it all. Like from first to last, our salvation is all by his grace. And uh, it's pretty amazing. Maybe we should sing a song or write a song about it or something. (laughs) But I think there has been already. Pretty popular one. You probably don't want me to sing it either. That's true. Not on not on here. People stop listening to our <laughs> podcast. Stop submitting questions about it. But you know, as we just bring this to a close here, what a what a concept. We see this all throughout the Bible about fearing God, and lots of misconceptions. Uh, I'm sure exist out there. Too much for too many for us rather to uh, to discuss here, but to just really get to the bottom of what this means for us and how good and delightful it is. You know. Uh, following Christ is not a horror movie, um, but something much more magnificent than that. As we, it is the beginning of wisdom, it is the uh, it is the motivating factor in our worship, all because God is so glorious. And so, we fear Him with uh, with uh, great joy, and uh, and with great trembling. Thank you for joining us today on this new season of Consider It, Ministry of Redemption Bible Church in New Braunfels, Texas. We welcome your questions regarding life theology in the church. You can submit these questions by texting the word redemption and your question to 830-299-7505. To learn more about redemption, visit us online at redemption.bible. Thank you for listening. Our aim each episode is to be truthful and helpful to the glory of God. Join us next time on Consider It.